Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Sterling Chapman. Thanks for being on the show, Sterling. Thanks for having me, Whitney. It was great to meet you at the Best Ever Conference just a few weeks ago in Denver, and I look forward to getting to know you a little better. But a little about Sterling, in case you hadn't heard of him before, he has a finance background as well as years of experience climbing the corporate ladder in the telecom industry. In 2017, he started buying and renting houses, then moved to duplexes and quads. He now owns and manages 26 rental units worth over $1.5 million has experience with private lending, value-add, cash-out, refinancing, equity partnerships, and more. He's also the host of the Rent Roll Radio Show and president of Crestworth Capital. He's moving into multifamily syndication this year. So, Sterling, give the listeners a little more about your focus right now, and let's dive in. Awesome. Thanks for the introduction, Whitney. Actually, I have a confession. When I started my podcast and when I built my website, I actually went and stalked your website Uh-oh. and your podcast to look for ideas. I'll take that as a compliment. Absolutely, it is. So to back up a little bit, uh, I have a degree in finance and I have an MBA with a concentration in finance from LSU. I'm from South Louisiana. I spent the last six years, as you said, climbing the corporate ladder and I've had a really successful career at it. But uh, a couple of years ago, I just noticed a trend every year where they would do corporate reorganizations and people who had been working for the company for 20 years all of a sudden didn't have a job. And in 2017, I just gotten a big promotion and I was all excited and found out my boss who had been there 20 years, just all of a sudden, when are you going to have a job in a few months? And I envisioned this, me being in my 40s and having a bunch of car notes and mortgages and kids in private school and the faucet just turning off and it terrified me. I was just about to buy my first house and I was just about to start a family and it just scared me. And I said, I got to figure out something else. So I started reading, you know, personal finance books and rich dad, poor dad, you know, kind of dove headfirst into real estate, bought a couple single families. Those went well. And then I was out of money. So I had to get a little creative and borrowed some money, fixed up some duplexes, did a cash out refinance to pay them off and walked away with some more cash flow and rentals. And then I found an older gentleman who was looking to kind of retire and get out of his portfolio. He had been building his whole life, but didn't really want to take the tax liability of selling the whole thing all at once. So I got him to seller finance me a number of properties at a very low down payment. Um, I also, you know, talked to some friends and family who had kind of started to see my success and, and they started investing with me and we bought some more properties with some partnerships where they put the down payment and I found the properties, fixed them up and manage them. So it's been fun. It's been great. And just the last year and a half, I've, like you mentioned, I've, I've gotten 26. I just closed on my 27th earlier this week. Congratulations. And my initial goal, my initial like fear of what's going to happen if the corporate faucet ever shuts off, it's been remedied, you know, in a year and a half of going at this, I now have enough cash flow that, you know, I can't retire yet. I guess technically I could, but, you know, at least if something happens to my corporate job, my family will be okay. We can pay all of our bills. 
So that first goal of creating a safety net I've accomplished. And of course, the more you dive, as I'm sure you know, the more you dive in, the more you want to get involved. And and now I'm really looking to expand my operation further, which has kind of brought me to my latest interest, which I believe is, is your primary business, which is apartment syndication. So maybe around October, I read Joe Fairless's book on apartment syndication. And I just, I had another like aha moment, like that feeling I got the first time I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I said, oh man, this is a direction I want to go in. So I started my podcast and I had you listed on some documents. I went and checked out your website. I checked out your podcast. I said, man, this guy's a class act. I really like how he's got it all set up. So I, I stole a lot from that to mimic my kind of setup. And the podcast is really starting to take off. I've started to use it as a way to reach out and network with other syndicators like yourself and go to more conferences like the one we just went to in Keystone. And I've formed a partnership with a gentleman out of Utah, and we're aggressively trying to find our, our first large multifamily unit. So we've located the funds. He works at a bank underwriting commercial property, so he's got a great background in underwriting. And we're putting a couple offers so far this month. You know, I think it's incredible that in a year and a half, you've been able to, I think you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, secure enough real estate that if you lost your corporate position that you all could still eat, <laughs> right? Absolutely. I just think that's a big accomplishment. Not many people have made that happen. I want to say congratulations to that. That's just incredible. Most people can't make that happen in that short amount of time for sure. So what was the hardest point of getting to that point? I mean, before we jump into why you're pursuing syndication now, what was the hardest point of building 27 properties in a year and a half? Probably the pushback that I got from everybody that loved me, you know, the perception of it being more risky, in my opinion, was it was less risky. You know, I thought of that one source of income as being incredibly risky and could be cut off at any point in time. But just the friends and the family, the wife, you know, they all kind of, are you sure? Is this really what you want to do? So overcoming a lot of those objections and that kind of pushback finding capital at first, you know, when I had no proof of concept, no track record, getting people to want to invest with me. Because like I said, the first two single family houses I saved up and I bought the down payment. And I specifically remember after I bought the second single family house, the first one cash flowed me $500 a month. The second one cash flowed me $600 a month. But then I was completely out of money. And I remember like I do endurance training, I do triathlons and marathons. So I, I run and I bike a lot. And that's where I learned my real estate is through listening to podcasts and audiobooks while I'm on the road training. And I've gotten to the point after those first two single family houses where I stopped listening to the books and I stopped listening to the podcast because it just made me angry because I didn't have any money and I couldn't keep investing. And part of me at that point just wanted to stop and didn't want to keep eating the information because I didn't feel like there was anything I could do about it. And instead of going that direction, I went in the other direction and I started focusing on learning more about low and no money down deals and how you could use other people's money and get creative to build up your portfolio. So I remember the first creative deal I put together very well. And I was scared. I didn't tell anybody at the time. I was, you know, full confidence to the world. But at night I was having a trouble sleeping going, man, I hope this works out. Man, I hope that appraisal comes back okay. Man, I hope I don't lose the job before I get the loan. You know, all those crazy things running through my head. But after it all came together very successfully, well, then I kind of had that proof of concept. And then all of a sudden, you know, I didn't have a hard time getting money and partners and investors. 
you know, I think it's so interesting. You say, you know, nights with little sleep, you're worrying about that. Like, if you don't have some of those nights, you're not trying hard enough. Right. You know? I like I like the uh, Mario Andretti quote. He said, if you have control over everything, you're not going fast enough. <laughs> mm, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. So you had a problem though, finding capital. And I wonder how that changed. Like over a year and a half, has that changed? I know you're pushing towards syndication now. So maybe you haven't needed more capital or the kind of capital that maybe we have to have to do a syndication, but you still found a way to buy more properties. And I know you said you seller finance something and was there other times or did you find investors? So yeah, I found investors. I'm now to the point where There's a lot of people that want to give me money and want to get involved. Now I'm just trying to find the deals and the time to execute the deals. I have a seven-month-old son. Congratulations. Between my son and managing all those properties and my W-2 job and my podcast, really at this point, my biggest struggle is finding the time to source the deals and actually execute the business plans on them. So you're still working full-time, you're self-managing, is it 27 units? Well, I'm self-managing 26 and I'm in the middle of rehabbing a single family that I picked up last week, but we'll be done rehabbing it and have a tenant in there in a couple of weeks and then it'll be 27. And you have a seven-month-old at home and you have a podcast. So yeah, I just love like listing those things out like that because like it can be done. I hear excuses all the time from people. I don't have time. You know, I've been working full-time while doing a daily podcast while syndicating deals, going through adoption process. I mean, it's just craziness, right? But you're either going to find a way to do it or you're going to find a way not to, you know? You know, I just love hearing stories like that because I want the listener to know that it can be done. You can push and make it happen just like you've done. And congratulations to you on, you know, your success in the real estate and how you're pushing forward now and building that financial freedom for your family as well. So, you know, let's move forward now. Now you've had success. You just picked up the 27th unit. You know, now you're gaining some steam and some confidence, right? In this real estate business, even with other people, you know, you mentioned now you have people that want to invest with you. And that's the way it works. You know, like they're skeptical at first. You're doing what? You know, they're skeptical, right? They've never seen you in that space, but now, whoa, you know, they want a part of that. And so now, you know, people are coming to you, which is common. They see somebody pushing and making it happen and they want a part of that. So now what's your plan moving forward? My plan moving forward is to continue doing what I'm doing. There's a lot of good opportunities here locally in Baton Rouge. There's a lot of good cash flow for small multifamily and small single family houses there's still a lot there. When I became interested in apartment syndication and started analyzing markets on the factors that you analyze when you decide where you want to make a multi-million dollar purchase in a large multifamily asset, you start looking at things like population growth and job growth and job diversity and crime rates. It just locally doesn't seem to be the best market. I can continue to grow my small portfolio in this market because I know this market like the back of my hand. I know where the bad areas are to stay out of. I know worst case scenario stress test I can put on the things I buy. I know people that are looking for single family homes that are just cash flowing 50 to $100 a door, much less if you're cash flowing at $500 a door. I mean, my goodness, that's a pretty good deal. They've got some great opportunities. And we're still actually seeing back in 2016 in Baton Rouge, we had a major flood that, I mean, must have covered over a third of the city and some of the surrounding cities. And not all of those properties have been rehabbed yet. Those are still lingering in. So tell us about your plan to the first syndication. Have you thought that through? What's your steps to getting there? What we've done up to this point, the first step was we created a website, we created a thought leadership platform, and we've started to kind of grow our brand. I did that 
personally, just because at that point, I didn't really know who I was going to be working with. But I got to the point, as I mentioned with my time earlier, where it's like, okay, I need a partner with someone. I can't do everything myself, nor do I think it's responsible when you're going into something like this that you've never done before. So my initial partnership was with a gentleman out of Utah that I met on Facebook. He was looking for a capital raiser for a group he was being a part of. And I thought, well, you know, I could help raise some capital. So I reached out to him. That group we didn't end up going with because they just had a different type of model for investor splits that I wasn't really into. So I broke off and him and I kind of joined up together, just us two. And he introduced us to another gentleman who had executed seven successful syndications and has said that, you know, he has the capital. If we can bring him a deal that meets his criteria, we can partner on it. So from there, we've been going back and forth, analyzing, all right, which markets do we really want to be in? and selected our top three markets. And we kind of have a criteria where if we get a deal that's outside that market, but that market still hits this criteria, we'll consider it, but we're going to focus our efforts on these top three markets. And from there, we've just been working on building broker relationships. So one of the things that I decided to do was reach out to some of the brokers in the markets that we wanted to be in and ask them to be on my podcast to just give me a chance to get to know them better, give them some free publicity. But like I said, we've made a couple of offers on some properties that fit our criteria, and we're just going to continue to make offers until we get one that works. I think it's just neat to see, like you've built a track record now, even though it's in say small multis or single family, like you've built some track record. And even in the corporate world, that still helps bolster your track record and credibility, you know, but like moving into a syndication, I think it's just neat to see like, okay, you're building credibility through a thought leadership platform. And now you've found a partner and it just starts to grow right? Your network starts to grow. And now through your podcast or through a thought leadership platform, your network and your brand starts to grow and people start recognizing you as an expert in this space or somebody that's doing stuff. And you have a partner, y'all are looking for deals. And so now you're analyzing markets or what's happening now? So yeah, we've actually analyzed the markets. Like I said, we've picked our three that we want to focus on. And at this point, we're just trying to build broker relationships in those markets. Okay. Were there some specific things about those markets? If you can share the markets, great. If you don't want to understand and why you picked those markets. Yeah, I don't mind. So one of the markets that we really like is Huntsville, Alabama. Another one is Jacksonville, Florida. And another one is Lexington, Kentucky. We like the job growth over the last 12 months. We like the population trend over the last 15 years. We like the job diversity. We like the decreasing crime rates. So those are the main types of things we were looking at. Nice. Those are all, all supposedly great markets. They're not markets that I'm in, but and I think also it's a great idea about reaching out to the broker to invite them on the show and you're providing them some free publicity and then providing hopefully a little value, right? Has anything come of that yet or how have those relationships worked out? Well, we've actually just started to extend those invites this week. Okay. So we haven't had any traction on that yet, but I would expect a response. So a few of the brokers we've reached out to have sent us deals in the past. We're just trying to strengthen that relationship at this point. Sure. Sterling, how are you prepared for this potential downturn that everyone's talking about? Well, I'm under the impression that I'm going into the business that doesn't have to worry as much about the potential downturn. So I watch everybody else watching what the stock market's done this past week and 
panicking and freaking out. But, you know, a majority of my, I say wealth, wealth is a big number for, you know, what I have, but majority of my money is in real estate. I don't really see it being majorly affected, not the way I invest in it anyway. I have long-term fixed debts with a pretty big gap between the debt and the cash flow. So I'm not terribly concerned. I don't really see any economic conditions changing my tenants' abilities to pay rent and my ability to pay the note. So honestly, like, you know, I have a 401k. I contribute the max that my company matches, but I haven't even checked it this week. You know, I'm sure it went down, but I don't really care because that's not really where I'm focusing all my energies and efforts. From my understanding of economics and multifamily, if there is a crash and people have to move out of the big fancy houses into apartments, um, that's only going to increase the demand in the space I'm in. So, I mean, could it temporarily affect the value of the assets? Probably, but I'm not planning on selling them anytime soon. So I don't really care. I'm sure it'll come back around. So as far as how I'm preparing for it, the same way I was a year ago, I started going in this direction with the expectation that at some point in the future, there is going to be an economic downturn. And this is what I want to be doing when it happens. Nice. Most people get in trouble when they're made to sell, you know, and they don't have a choice. And usually they're over leveraged or they didn't have a reserve budget or things like that. And it sounds like if you're cash flowing up to $500 a month on some of your units, you could afford to take a little less rent too if you had to, right? But tell me a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours. A way that I've recently improved my business, I don't know how much you could apply it to yours. I'm in the process of refinancing some shorter term debt into some longer term fixed debt, which helps me sleep better at night, knowing that regardless of how the market's going to perform down the road, I won't have to refinance. I've got fixed debt locked in for 30 years and that makes me feel good. And aside from that, the longer armorization makes me cash flow more. What's a way that you're finding investors right now? So a lot of it right now has been word of mouth. The people that are investing in my kind of my local endeavors are friends of friends who saw me, who heard the show. You know, people really underestimate the power of these thought leadership platforms. I've had tons of people reach out to me. And since it started, yeah, I had a guy just the other day reach out to me and he said, Hey man, I'm in New Orleans. I heard your podcast. Would you be willing to have coffee if I drove to Baton Rouge? It's like an hour drive. I said, man, if, if you drive all the way to Baton Rouge, yeah, sure. I'll have coffee with you. Well, he was on the fence about investing. He's been on the fence, just scared to make a move for a couple of years now, but he knew it was what he wanted to do. And he told me, he said, man, I'm just sitting on like 150 grand in my checking account, just sitting there. And I don't know, you know, what my next move could be. I said, well, I mean, if you want some guidance, we could partner on a few deals and we could use that money. I could give you a decent return and you could learn through the process. And he loved the idea. So that just kind of organically is how I've been finding investors for my local projects. And as far as finding investors for syndications, one thing I liked that I read from Hunter Thompson's book on raising capital for real estate, and I just interviewed him a couple of days ago, and something I loved that he said was, rather than trying to convert these people that are just hell-bent on the stock market, there's plenty of people out there who want to invest in these alternative assets. So right. Go find the people that already want to invest in this stuff. And just thinking about all of the people at the conferences, all the people that we met, I mean, in Keystone last week, 
there was two rooms. One of those rooms was completely filled with passive investors who want to invest in this type of asset. So one thing I walked away from that whole experience with was focus on the people that already want to invest in this. It'll make your job a lot easier. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Not giving up and having a sense of urgency. So a lot of the properties I picked up, it was right when they came on the market. And rather than waiting, a lot of times I've woken up the broker the next morning with a full price offer to make sure that I got it before anybody else saw it or running over there on the weekend while everybody else is at a football game. I contribute my professional success in the corporate world to the same sense of urgency. But with real estate, it's really not given up because you know I lost a lot of deals along the way. I had a lot of banks turn me away along the way. The banks are actually a hot button issue with me. So on those first duplexes I fixed up and I wanted to do a cash out refinance right after I was done, the first three or four banks said, oh no, you got to be with us for a year or you can't do this or we won't give you 80%, we'll give you 70%. And what really roared me up on that topic is when a bank won't do something, they'll tell you nobody will do it. And that's not true. (laughs) And it's not true. You know, it just makes me think, I wonder how many other people out there gave up. How many other people went to that bank, asked for that type of loan. The bank told them nobody will do it. And they believed them and they went home and gave up. You know, luckily I'm hard headed and went to 20 more and I got all my deals done. But, you know, that aggravates me. You know, either you don't know what you're talking about or you're lying to me. And either way, I'm not happy about it. Yeah. So why move into syndication now after your success with these smaller multis or single family? I mean, to scale, to get diversification, any given day a hurricane could come wipe out my entire portfolio. I could only personally operate so many rehabs and manage so many properties at a time here locally. Whereas with syndication, the numbers are a lot bigger. There's a lot larger potential upside. You can scale a lot quicker with professional management and that kind of thing. And there's just diversification into different markets. How do you like to give back? So the primary way that I give back, my brother is an assistant principal at a local middle school. And East Baton Rouge Parish School System, it's real dicey. There's a lot of poverty in part of the city. And he found a lot of the boys that were acting up at school came from broken homes and single parent households. And they didn't have a lot of direction and guidance. So he started this program called Strong Men Academy as a character development and leadership program where he brought a lot of successful and good male role models in from the community to come talk to the kids. And it's just kind of evolved and we actually go do a lot with the kids and there's a curriculum associated with it where different stages of character development and leadership and it's really starting to take off. So I'm on his board of directors for that. So I do a lot to try and help with them. That sounds awesome. That's an incredible way to give back and locally there too. So thanks for sharing that, Sterling. I appreciate you sharing your story and just your success while working full-time, a growing family, making this happen. Even just your drive to go to numerous banks, even after the first few or however many told you no. And I just think it's incredible. I think the listeners and myself can learn a lot. And it takes that a lot of times to make it in any business, especially in the real estate business and be successful. And you're, you sound like you're well on your way. I look forward to having you back on the show, let's say in a few months when you all have closed that first syndication and us walking through that. But tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. So yeah, they can call me at 225-247-5562. They can email me at sterling at crestworthcapital.com 
or they could check out my podcast, The Rent Roll Radio Show. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.